engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Good evening. I am back. Eric Erickson here. News 95.5 AM 750 WSB. The phone number 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. Thank you for joining me this evening. I want to begin the show, though, on relevant news with Charlie Gard, which is a name you should have heard today in the news, uh, but for reasons I will get into momentarily you haven't heard of Charlie Gard. Now, this is not an American story, Charlie Gard. Charlie Gard is an infant uh, in Ormond Street uh, Hospital, Children's Hospital. That's the hospital that the Peter Pan story was dedicated to. Uh, The baby is in uh, the hospital and has a genetic disease. And most children die in infancy with this disease. All children, I shouldn't say most, all children die in infancy. The child is brain damaged, but there is an experimental treatment in the United States for the condition. The parents of Charlie Gard raised $1.5 million to fly the child to the United States with medical care to try the experimental treatment. The British courts and the European Union judicial system have ordered the child to be put to death because they have decided that they know what's best for the child. And they have determined that because the child has brain damage, even if the child is cured of the disease, the child would not have a life worth living. So the court has decided that though they commend the parents for fighting for the child's life, the parents cannot be trusted to raise the child and the child must be put to death. So any time now, if not, maybe it's already happened, they will remove oxygen and feeding, feeding tubes, tubes from Charlie and he will die because the court decided that it knows best, not the parents. That it would determine what was best for the child, not the parents. We see, by the way, our future as a country. What happens in Europe will eventually happen in this country. Um, Several people, Francis Schaeffer, probably the leading one, has noted that we're about 30 years behind Europe in trends. And there is already growing in this country a trend that uh, our children belong to the state, not to us. We are just the guardians of the child, but they actually belong to the state, not to us. And as a result, at some point, we're going to get to a point in this country where courts decide that they know what's best for our children, not us. And the court can sentence our children to death because they don't believe that a child created in the image of God has any value whatsoever if the child has a defect. That's why you're already seeing in Europe, by the way, I mean, Denmark brags about virtually 100 percent abortion rate of Down syndrome children wiping out kids with any sort of mental defect. And they think it's a good. They think it's societal good. All pagans think that. You should be hearing a lot about Charlie Gard today, but you're not. Because I went on Twitter this morning and I tweeted, this would be a great time for the president of the United States to get on Twitter and raise awareness about this issue. And as I was tweeting that, the president was getting on Twitter to raise awareness about an issue just not 
that issue. So instead of tweeting about Charlie Gard today, the president of the United States, instead of tweeting about the Republicans in Congress and their initiatives for him they were passing, the president decided to go on a tirade about Mika Brzezinski from Morning Joe. Uh, Psycho Joe and Crazy Mika wanted to hang out with the president uh, at New Year's Eve celebration, and Mika was bleeding all over the place because she had just had a facelift, and the president said, no, wasn't going to hang out with them. Well, first of all, what does the president have with, with claiming that women are bleeding all over the place? Megyn Kelly, Mika Brzezinski... Uh, I think there was a kid, I saw Kim Novak, he had done this, about a, a bunch of others. Um, what is that? But uh, second, you know, th- there's there were plenty of pictures of Mika Brzezinski from that night at Mar-a-Lago, and she was not bleeding in any of the pictures, nor did it look like she had just come from a uh, facelift. But that's what he said on Twitter. And it blew up in his face. Republicans came out and denounced him. Democrats, obviously, they denounced him. The media, obviously, they savaged him. You could expect that. So let me tell you what happened today in the House of Representatives. There's a point here. In the House of Representatives today, Republicans actually passed legislation to defund sanctuary cities through legislative means. Republicans actually passed meaningful reforms to the immigration system to speed up deportation of criminal illegal aliens. They also, on a bipartisan basis in the Defense Committee, passed an amendment to the Defense Appropriations Bill to repeal the war authorization from 2001 that has allowed Presidents Bush, Obama, and now Trump to fight overseas at will with no congressional oversight. They did all of that stuff today. But you would be hard-pressed to find out about any of that or about Charlie Gard because the president decided to get on Twitter and attack members of the media in a petty bit of, of just rage over something they had said when he said, by the way, in the tweets that he doesn't watch them anymore, but somehow he knew exactly what they had said about him on TV this morning, but he doesn't watch them anymore. Yet again, another self-inflicted tweet, another self-inflicted wound, another setback to his agenda. Now, he quickly tried to backpedal and go through a flurry of tweets bragging about what the Republicans in the House had done, but it was too late. He even had Republicans in the House and Senate, even the Speaker of the House, come out and say he shouldn't have done it. And he shouldn't have done it. Y'all, here's the thing. We're all sinners. I am. I say things all the time I wish I hadn't said, things I regret. There are oftentimes I do things where I can't even tell you that they were wrong it's far easier for all of us to point to someone else and say what that person did was wrong, not what we did was wrong. The president clearly doesn't have the sense to know when he's done something he shouldn't have done. But unfortunately, there are also a lot of people out there who think they've got to defend the precious, just like the left did with Barack Obama. They've got to defend President Trump. They've got to justify every nasty tweet. It is beneath the dignity of the office to have tweeted what he tweeted. And there's no whataboutism here. Yes, it was beneath the dignity of the office for Bill Clinton to do what he did with the intern, Monica Lewinsky. But that doesn't make this right or excusable. And if you're going to give him a pass on this stuff, one day you're going to wake up and you're going to be surrounded by a cesspool. 
Now you're going to wonder what happened, and you authorized it. Here's the thing. This is the bottom line. If you think that to beat the other side, and I don't care whether you see the other side as the left or the right, depending on who you are listening right now, if you believe you have to get rid of civility to beat the other side, well, then you've already become like the other side. You're already letting the other side control your actions. The other side has already won when you decide you've got to get rid of your personal civility. In order to beat the other side, the other side has already won, and they've made you their slave because they're controlling your actions. You don't have to fight them the way they fight you. When we fight ISIS, we don't go out and, and find a bunch of suicide bombers to fight back. We do it in different ways. You don't have to be a jerk on Twitter and accuse someone of bleeding all over the place with a facelift because you don't like her or justify the president doing it when he's the president of the United States. There were really big issues that could have been focused on today, and no one focused on them, including little Charlie Gard, who's probably going to be executed now by the state, because no one, including the leader of the free world, wanted to speak up for him. The leader of the free world was too busy striking back at a TV host. Twenty-six after the hour, Eric Erickson here on WSB. When we come back, we got to get into health care. It looks like Mitch McConnell is trying to drum up the votes on the health care bill. He looks to be trying to get some moderates to come on board, not the conservatives. I'll tell you what I know from talking to a member of the Senate when we come back. It is 540. Kate's law has passed. I want to get into health care. I really do. But this is breaking news right now. Kate's law has passed the House of Representatives, 257 to 167. One Republican voted no. 24 Democrats voted yes. Now, you're probably wondering, what is Kate's law? Well, it's what we would have been talking about today, but for the president losing his mind on Twitter over Mika Brzezinski. Kate's law was named for the young lady killed by an illegal alien in San Francisco. Uh, her name uh, was Catherine Steinle. Uh, forgive me if I'm mispronouncing that. Steinle. She was killed by an illegal alien, Juan Francisco Lopez Sanchez, a Mexican national with seven felony convictions. He had been deported five times but kept returning to the United States. And because San Francisco is a sanctuary city, they gave him sanctuary. Kate's law would allow the victims of crime by illegal aliens, Steinle, thank you, Alan, Steinle, Kate, Kate, Catherine Steinley. Kate's law would allow the victims of crime by illegal aliens to sue the cities that gave safe harbor to the illegal aliens. Good. There was another piece of legislation. Uh, it is up for a vote now. It has not yet, I believe, been voted on. It's about to be voted on. And it is the No Sanctuary for Criminals Act, uh, and it would bar federal grant money from sanctuary cities. Good. 
If the federal government wants to do this, this is fine. Now, listen, I have said, and, and I contend, that as someone who believes in federalism, if local governments want to give sanctuary to illegal aliens, okay. I don't think the the president of the United States needs to be trying to yank money through executive order. But if Congress wants to legislatively deal with something that is a national issue, and that is granting safe harbor to individuals who do not respect the border integrity of the United States, then Congress has every right to do it. Under our Constitution, Congress sets the parameter of immigration law. And if cities are giving safe harbor to criminals, well, then they should have their butt sued off by the victims of crime or their estates in Catherine Steinle's case because she's dead because of an illegal alien. And San Francisco tried to make the illegal alien out to be the victim. It was a horrific situation. And it happens all over the country. The fact that Democrats do this, by the way, is one of the many, many, many reasons where I'm starting to think the Republicans have a better than even shot of keeping Congress next year. Because, I mean, we shouldn't dance around it. The president is disliked in a lot of the country, even in Republican areas, but he's not loathed. People may not care for him. They may not care for what he's doing right now, but they don't necessarily hate him. Only the left hates him. Nancy Pelosi, however, and the Democrats are hated by a lot of people for things like this, for for making women unsafe in bathrooms because they think it's okay for men to go in bathrooms, for all those issues. I mean, the left is despised and they don't realize it because they hate the president so much. You know, it... I, I want to get into healthcare when we come back because he, Mitch McConnell is trying to get the votes to pass his healthcare legislation. And the way he's trying to pass his healthcare legislation is to rally the moderates, not the conservatives. He's trying to pivot and he's trying to get moderate votes to pass this. He couldn't care less about Ted Cruz and Rand Paul and Mike Lee and, and a lot of them. He wants the moderates. He wants the Dean Hellers. He wants the Susan Collinses. He wants the Lisa Murkowskis, which makes me wonder if he's going to restore Planned Parenthood funding. When we come back, some great audio as well about the Democrats who are out there actually lamenting the state of Obamacare and how it needs to be fixed. But of course, they're blaming Republicans, not their precious Barack Obama. It's 54 after the hour. Eric Erickson here on News 95.5 AM 750 WSB. Uh, now, when we come back, I would like to move on to health care because the Senate is still working on a deal. And you now have Democrats who are beginning to publicly say Obamacare is broken. But of course... They want to blame the Republicans. They want to blame the Republicans for letting Obamacare fail, which all the GOP did was tell them that was going to happen. And they want to blame the Republicans for not fixing it. But of course, the Republicans are willing to fix it. And then the Democrats are going to blame them for destroying it. They want to have it every which way but the truth. And I also, I got asked a question yesterday. So I had a super secret meeting of the vast right wing conspiracy yesterday. That's why I wasn't here. And I got asked, I can't tell you who it was with or what all I said, but I got asked a question uh, that is worth talking about on the radio. Why is the left violent? Three, two, one. 
It's nine after the hour. I'm Eric Erickson. This is Atlanta's Evening News on WSB. The phone number 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Let's get into the Senate health care plan. Senate Democrats and other Democrats are out there now complaining about Obamacare and how it needs to be fixed. The Washington Free Beacon put together this montage. Listen to these Democrats complaining. The DNC wanted the message to be the ACA is working fine and don't talk about the wards. I said I can't do that because it's failing my constituents. The Affordable Care Act needs some improvement. I mean, it needs repair. We've had unintended consequences from the Affordable Care Act. Do we need to significantly improve the Affordable Care Act? The answer is absolutely. We need to fix Obamacare. And sit down with us and we'll make Obamacare better. There are problems with ACA. The Affordable Care Act has problems. There are a lot of things we needed to do and still need to do to improve the Affordable Care Act. Even Hillary Clinton had a list of things that she wanted to do to fix it. We've seen rising premiums, rising deductibles. They are the uh, the costs and the exchanges. Deductibles are too high, co-payments are too high. There are ways that we need to work to bring down the cost of health care. Deal with the cost of pharmaceuticals. Affordable Care Act does not do that effectively now. I've got a lot of ideas about how you could fix Obamacare. Address some of the issues uh, that haven't yet been solved with the Affordable Care Act. Yes, it has some problems like everything else we do around here. And there's no Democrat that will tell you that we don't need to fix Obamacare. Because we do. There are a number of uh, things that that you could fix in the, uh, the Affordable Care Act. Why aren't you working to fix this rather than just saying no? What do you say to them? So what I would say to them is they're absolutely right. There are a lot of amendments we have to make to Obamacare. You can't force people to buy a product, and, and then if they don't buy it, you fine them. And I knew that was a mistake from the get-go. I wasn't there in 2010. To keep what's working with the Affordable Care Act and fix the parts that aren't. That was the intent of Obamacare. It needs to be improved. It hasn't been improved. And then the people are out there busting it, sometimes 60 hours a week, wind up with their premiums doubled and their coverage cut in half. It's the craziest thing in the world. Yep, friends, you get the idea from the free beacon. The Democrats don't like Obamacare either, but they want to blame the Republicans for everything. They're more interested, like the Republicans are, of winning an election than doing what's right by the American people. Well, one guy who wants to try to thread the needle and solve the problem is named Ted Cruz. He is the senator from Texas. You know him. He's been on this program, friend of mine. And he thinks he's come up with an idea. So here's the big conservative ask in the Senate. They want to change the legislation to do one thing above all else, and that is offer an Obamacare qualifying plan by insurance companies in a state. So every insurance company that participates in every state has to offer one plan that qualifies for Obamacare, but then we'll allow any insurance company that does that to also offer a bunch of other plans that don't meet the Obamacare guidelines. And individuals can buy one of those plans. As long as there's one on the market that meets everything under Obamacare, individuals don't have to buy it. They can buy a different one. Well, this is a good idea. I know multiple people and I'm sure you probably do too, who can tell you the same story, that they didn't want Obamacare. They didn't have problems getting insurance before the Affordable Health Care Act was passed. And now suddenly they've got problems. 
their insurance plans are too high and they can't use them i've got a buddy of mine good friend of mine actually who he's a he's a uh, fitness trainer so he's in good shape he's in good health and he has to buy an obamacare plan he's self-employed bought himself an Obamacare plan and he didn't the first year he paid the fine but you know the fine goes up and it finally got to the point where it was cheaper to just go buy a health care plan than to pay the Obamacare fine so he had to get health care insurance he's one of those people the Congressional Budget Office says would uh, be thrown off the health care rolls and would die a terrible death no he, he doesn't want the insurance plan so here's what he had to do To avoid paying the Obamacare fine, he went out and he got the bare minimum qualifying Obamacare plan. And it's more expensive than the health care plan he had before the Affordable Care Act was passed. And unlike the plan he had before the Affordable Care Act was passed, with with this plan, he can't go to any doctor in the state of Georgia. No doctor in the state of Georgia will actually accept his health care plan. It will only be accepted in emergency rooms and hospitals. That's it. His doctor, who he's had for years, will not accept his health care plan. He still has to pay out of pocket when he goes to the doctor, which he's glad to do. But he didn't want this health care plan. He never wanted this plan. He liked the plan he had, but he couldn't keep his plan, unlike what Barack Obama said. He had to get the Obamacare plan. It's more expensive than his old plan, and it's not accepted anywhere that his old plan was accepted. And see, Democrats think that's a good thing. In the same way, Democrats, they talk about all these people on insurance when really what they're talking about is Medicaid. You know, um, Ben Dominich, uh, where is this? Ben Dominich, this morning, in his transom uh, email, which is a fantastic email, if you've never... If you've never read the transom email, let me pull this up because he reminded me of a story I had completely forgotten. Uh, da, 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 da. What is this? Uh, yes, Demonte Driver. Ever heard that name? Demonte Driver was 12 years old. He died of a toothache in 2007. He lived in Maryland. He was enrolled in Medicaid in Maryland. And it covers dental care for kids. All Medicaid programs cover dental care for kids, but no doctors accepted it. And so his mom couldn't find a dentist. Only 16% of Maryland dentists at the time accepted Medicaid. Diamante, all he needed was a tooth pulled. Had gotten infected. The bacterial infection made its way to his brain. He underwent two emergency operations, six weeks of hospital care, $250,000 in health care expenses, and he died. And all he needed was an $80 tooth extraction. That's what the left wants to put people on, Medicaid. And they consider that insurance. My, my buddy Jeff has this insurance plan. He doesn't want it, doesn't need it, it doesn't use it, can't use it. But he could get something else. And that's where Ted Cruz's plan comes in. Ted Cruz is saying, as long as as long as insurance companies offer the Obamacare plan, let them offer other stuff that are cheaper that people may be able to use. That would lower costs. That would allow people to get insurance at a reasonable price. And in exchange for that, what Cruz is saying is conservatives 
will be willing to give up some of the tax cuts that are in the plan. That would then free up more money to cover people on Medicaid. See, what Cruz is saying, and I think this is right, is Cruz is saying he doesn't want to put people on subsidies. If we're going to cover the cost of health care for people, cover the cost of health care for people. Don't just pile them into Medicaid and say you're covered when so many doctors won't take Medicaid. You know, by the way, majority of people on Medicaid, their health outcomes are no better than people who are uninsured. There was a great study out of Oregon by a bunch of people who weren't of the of the right. There were a bunch of liberals who did the study and they determined that people on Medicaid have no better health outcomes than people who are uninsured. So why force people into systems they're not going to use? Why force people into plans they can't use? Cruz, if, if the Republicans go along with this, Cruz may have actually been able to get McConnell's plan passed. And you know what? He's going to get a lot of blame if it passes, probably from both sides. Brave of him to do it. Back to the phones we go. I'm going to go to Tom in Athens. Welcome. Hi. I've, uh, I've been an emergency physician for, 30, for 35 years. And I think that until we address the, the fundamental issues here about irresponsibility, we're going to continue having problems. I don't know why it is that we can't establish um, a, a uh, basically a, a, a tax credit that people develop over years and years. It's where during your early working years, you put money into this and this just builds higher and higher. And it's just, it's just like, a, just like a, a healthcare fund. And then we have people that, that are making a lot of money. They don't want to buy insurance. It's too expensive for them. You know, when you look at the, at the uninsured, 50% of them are, I have have an income of greater than fifty thousand dollars a year. Twenty five percent have have an income of over seventy five thousand dollars a year. You know, Bill Gates is uninsured. He's self insured. We have a lot yeah. of people that self insured. And I, w- I would like to see us say say that we're not going to tolerate people living off of the system who are alcoholics. People living off of the system. There, listen, Tom, there is definitely a need for real reform out there. Yes, absolutely. Including expanding health savings accounts. Let people put money there. Let employers put money there and then let people pay for their insurance premiums out of that. We will move on now into, well, so I had this conversation last night. I can't tell you where I was or who I was with. It was a meeting of the vast right-wing conspiracy. But one of the questions that was raised in the conversation was, why is the left so violent? Now, this comes up today and is somewhat relevant because um, Dana Lash, my friend, who I filled in for her before, and she's on um, she's on WSB at night, overnight. She's on TV a lot. She's the NRA spokeswoman. She did an ad for the NRA at the beginning of the month, and suddenly it's drawing outrage, which to have gone this long, multiple weeks, and no one see it, and then suddenly there be outrage. It's a coordinated effort. It's an absolutely coordinated effort to be outraged by this ad. And the left is claiming 
that she and the NRA are endorsing violence when they do no such thing. They point out the violence on the left and say, you've got to stand for truth. Listen to this ad campaign from the NRA. Uh, let's see if I can get the sound to redirect here. Um, so it's an ad. It came out June 12th. It was on their website. Listen to this. They use their media to assassinate real news. They use their schools to teach children that their president is another Hitler. They use their movie stars and singers and comedy shows and award shows to repeat their narrative over and over again. And then they use their ex-president to endorse the resistance, all to make them march, make them protest, make them scream racism and sexism and xenophobia and homophobia, to smash windows, burn cars, shut down interstates and airports, bully and terrorize the law-abiding, until the only option left is for the police to do their jobs and stop the madness. And when that happens, they'll use it as an excuse for their outrage. The only way we stop this the only way we save our country and our freedom is to fight this violence of lies with the clenched fist of truth. I'm the National Rifle Association of America, and I'm freedom's safest place. The clenched fist of truth. Apparently, that's violent. That's what the left is saying, that this is violence. This is calling for civil war. Wait, 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 wait. The people who have been saying Republicans are going to kill you, so resist. Do everything you can to resist. Leading James Hodgkinson's to try a mass assassination of Republicans. They think that Dana Lash and the NRA are calling for revolutions. They've already done it. Old Dana Lash and the NRA are doing or telling people to stand up to him with the truth and self-defense there's no advocacy of violence there uh, the, the left hears it as just projection and why are they projecting why is the left so violent I'll, I'll, i want to tell you what i said last night and i stand by it i believe it to be true i don't mean to ruffle feathers or offend you but i'm, I'm going to tell you what i think so here's why i think left-wing ideology around the world by the way turns violent this isn't to say that there aren't, aren't right-wingers who get violent. We've seen that as well. But it is always the case with the left that eventually they turn violent in their ideology, whether it's socialism or communism or Nazism or just left-wing authoritarianism in general. They turn violent. You see it when there's a free trade meeting, the, the anti-globalists burning down businesses. You see it with the so-called resistance of Donald Trump smashing in the windows at a Starbucks and setting cars on fire and fighting the police. You see it around the country. You see it with James Hodgkinson's. You see it with the left-wing rhetoric, the excited nature as they try to embolden people to kill Republicans. Why? Well, if your ideology is godless, you believe that the here and now is all there is. And if you believe that the other side is going to try to destroy the planet, destroy your livelihood, destroy your future, well, then you feel justified because you're not going to be held accountable by a higher partner, by a higher power. You don't agree with the idea that there is one. You disbelieve. You don't believe. You reject the idea of a higher power. So you're going to do what you can now. You know you're not going to be held accountable. To you, there is no heaven or hell. But there is this earth. It's all you have. 
And so you disagree with right-wingers. You're convinced the right is going to pollute the world. The right is going to cause global warming. The, the right is whatever you project on the right that is you. All your sins, you look at the right and see your sins there. Well, of course you're going to eventually get violent. You believe you're saving the planet. You believe you're saving all there is. I mean, the communists, read the writings of Lenin. Read the writings of, of Stalin. Read the writings of even Trotsky. They believe this this world is it. They've got to improve it. And, and sometimes you've got to steamroll over others to improve the world. I was watching on my plane ride home uh, Daredevil again. The season one is such a good season. And Wilson Fisk, the bad guy, talking about, you, you know, sometimes just power and money can't do what you have to do. You, you sometimes have to use violence. You sometimes have to force it because you want change. You want change in this world. If you're someone of the right in the United States, the odds are you're someone of faith. And you know one day you're going to be held accountable. And that's why it's so appalling to see so many people on the right condoning what the president's doing and saying it's okay and picking up the tactics of the left. You, you know, the Alinsky tactics were dedicated to Satan. Do you really want to embrace those? But on the left, they don't believe Satan's real. So they will go to the stops. They don't mind destroying a person in this lifetime. They don't mind ruining a person, ruining his reputation, destroying his family, driving him from their place of business, or ultimately, at the end of the day, killing someone because it's all about this world. There is no afterlife. There is no heaven. There is no hell. There is no day of judgment. You will be judged on what you do. And by God, they think that they may be vilified now for what they do, but history will judge them to have been noble and pure because they got rid of that awful right-winger who was going to pollute the planet. That's why leftist ideology the world over ultimately turns violent because it is an ideology of secular paganism where they are held accountable in karma, whatever you want to call it, but they think they got to take action now because there's nothing on the other side of the grave. And you know, honestly, I mean, the only way to solve this is is to witness, to pray, to show grace and mercy. Because otherwise we embrace their tactics and we're seeing people on the right do that. And all that leads is to more violence and all that leads is to, well, the president's Twitter meltdowns and people encouraging and incentivizing bad behavior and justifying it. People calling now to justify it. It's just pitiful folks but that's why they're violent i do believe i have mentioned this before and i, I want to mention it again only because i got asked in the airport today as i was coming home by someone who had heard it couldn't remember what it was and it, it came up in a conversation the other day circle by disney um what is it? Well, so today's the 10th anniversary of the iPhone, and it's a way to control the Internet for your kids on iPhones, iPads, laptops and whatnot. Very simple to use, connects into your Wi-Fi router at home and lets you monitor what your kids are doing, control what sort of apps they can use on their devices and what websites they can go to. Circle by Disney, highly recommended. You can also limit their use. 